Dear listeners, Sai Ram, welcome to our radio series, Afternoon Satsang. This is a discussion between Radio Sai's Prem and Arvind on different spiritual topics. Every Thursday on Asia Stream, you can enjoy this live conversation. It's from 12.30 p.m. to 2.00 p.m. Indian Standard Time. The topic of today's episode is Satyam Shivam Sundaram. the life story of bhagwan sri satyasai baba and this was first featured as part of thursday live on december 26th 2013 sairam dear listeners today we are in the year 1950 and we are going to speak about the entrance of one monumental personality into swami's mission this personality was also born on a christmas day in 1897 right and we did mention about him before 1897 and in fact very interestingly this person who we've spoken about before and who is actually a very pivotal person in, in the whole series we are doing Because exactly because we are uh, referring a lot to the books that he wrote the satyam shivam sundaram and uh, how he came to write that book those series of books that series of books is in itself an amazing thing we shall go through those stories in complete detail but we shall take them as they come along before we go into that there are some wonderful things that happened in 1950 for instance january 1950 heralded a new age for the indian country before we go into that on the 14th of january the shankranti day which is a very auspicious day and often it has been considered as a day when if one concentrates on the lord one is sure to have his or her focus on the lord throughout the life on such a holy day there was panic in puttaparthi and the panic was because swami sister Parvatamma was pregnant and she had developed labor pains. Okay. A few weeks before her husband had passed away and mm-hmm. she was you know already bereaved because of that. In this condition there were some complications. And she had come to Puttaparthi and she was lodged in one of the rooms at Karanam Subama's house. And Ishwaramma the mother was very 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 worried. she was upset and thinking what is going to happen because there were no readily available midwives in puttaparthi there were no midwives available and so ishwaramma was on a lookout for midwives to help parvatamma her daughter to have a safe delivery. delivery okay and as ishwaramma mother ishwaramma set out she saw that from the opposite direction her youngest son yes swami was walking straight towards parvatamma's room okay and swami told ishwaramma you don't worry about anything there will be no problem in the delivery because you know when you look at it the lord has come for the deliverance of the whole universe <laughs> so what is the delivery of one baby so swami walks to the room where parvatamma is lodged and he opens the door and just puts one foot inside the room then withdraws the foot tells all those people who were walking behind him to retreat tells them you go back and just puts his foot into the room takes it out then closes the door and tells you can go ahead with the delivery it will be fine and on the 14th of january 1950 parvatamma indeed delivered healthy 
baby girl mm-hmm. and mother was fine the baby was fine and everybody were thrilled and swami actually told his sister that i will perform the naming ceremony of the baby mm-hmm. and he named the baby as samrajya lakshmi that's a royal name to give <laughs> you know it's a actually a very if you look at it in the context a very funny thing samrajya means a sovereign nation right uh, lakshmi is the goddess of wealth. wealth so it almost meant the goddess who will shower wealth on a sovereign nation right and it made no sense because you know there are names like swarajya lakshmi Mm-hmm. Swarajya Lakshmi had become a common name because India had one Swarajya in 1947. Right. Swarajya loosely translates as independence in English. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So after 1947 the name Swarajya Lakshmi had become popular because it meant a baby girl who will bring wealth to the family in which she is born and a baby girl who has been born in a country that is independent because India had one freedom. So Samrajya Lakshmi Ishwaramma thought that did Swami make a mistake I mean did you want it as Swarajya Lakshmi and you misspelled it But you know Swami just said it is Samrajya Lakshmi Exactly 12 days after that you know okay. Jan- January 14th was uh, the, okay. the, day the day of Shankranti the child is born and you know January 26 1950 what is it Right <laughs> it was the day when India was declared as a republic, republic. as a samrajyam okay. you know it was prophetic that swami named the girl samrajya lakshmi i'm sure the mother would be so thrilled because she wouldn't want her daughter to miss such a historic christening by just 12 days <laughs> and swami named the baby girl as samrajya lakshmi and that is one episode that took place in the january of 1950 you know talking about swami helping in unpleasant deliveries mm-hmm. i'm reminded of one thing but you know you spoke of something which happened so pleasant in 1950 Mm. But before I narrate uh, the incident, I would like to say maybe I should make a reference to an unpleasant event which happened last week. Okay. A small error which we made. <laughs> oh yes, week. yes. So maybe Prem. we should correct that before we go forward. Correct. Yes, last week I think we made that mention that uh, Mr. Thirumala Char, the poet from Venkatagiri, the Vidwan, the scholar from Venkatagiri. Right. And we mentioned that uh, Thirumala Char was the composer of the Satyasai Arati. That was a grave mistake. Tirumalachar actually composed the Suprabhatam, Sai Suprabhatam which is sung even till date and we are grateful to more than 3 listeners who have written to us and who have been so kind enough to point this glaring error out so that we can correct this and make amends in fact you know i am reminded that when tirumalachar came to swami in 1949 right he saw this phenomenon swami was in the patamandiram okay and uh, in the patamandiram Swami used to wake up before that's what we discussed you know we Swami used to wake up before anybody else sweep and mop the whole place keep it clean <laughs> uh, make floral decorations to the two bus idols that is one of Shirdi Baba one of his own idol right and then to the portraits there and then keep the whole hall in readiness for the morning bhajans and then wait for the devotees to come and that is when a few ladies went to Swami and said Swami you should not sweep and mop this place Swami we will do it but swami did not relent he would just continue to do as he used to do okay that is when the women decided that they would get up an hour before swami and so if swami used to wake up by say 4:45 or 5 in the morning they would get up by 3:45 or 4 in the morning sweep and mop the whole place put the rangolis what what do you call rangoli those f- decorations okay. on the ground with chalk powder right and they would uh, make the floral uh, arrangement rice flour rice flour yeah rice flour and yeah right. nowadays they even use chalk powder <laughs> because rice flour 
you know the ants come to right, the exactly as swami used to say the tradition of putting that rangoli is to feed those ants that was the idea but swami says now you put stickers and now you put all kinds of colored powder there and the ants lose their food yeah <laughs> but of course yeah continuing yeah, that with that tradition. tradition so yeah that i think you know if we go into each and every traditional practice that is done according to our ancients all of them have such deep inner meaning and so the lady started doing this early in the morning so that when swami gets up everything is ready and he need not do what they felt as these are tasks that the lord should not do they felt that lord should not be burdened with these and in fact that is what tirumalachar they say observed okay that he would see these ladies getting up early in the morning de- decorating cleaning doing everything and keeping everything in readiness for the lord and that is what inspired him to actually have a separate stanza in the satisai suprabhatam in praise of these ladies there's a stanza that runs sita sati sama vishuddha hridambu jata which means women with hearts as pure as sita and sati mm-hmm. they are here waiting upon the lord mm-hmm. and that entire stanza i think is dedicated to these women who used to do this i mean in spite of knowing the story we committed <laughs> the blunder of saying that tirumalachar composed the aarti so tirumalachar is the person who was instrumental in giving us the satyasai suprabhatam so we do thank our listeners for pointing that out in fact we did figure it out quite a short while after we finished the satsang but we the had damage to wait was done. <laughs> we had to wait till this this episode to correct ourselves you know going back to that beautiful episode of parvatama which you narrated now i'm reminded of another interesting thing which one of the devotees whom we interviewed here in our studio narrated hmm. like this auntie was from uti and those days when swami used to visit uti before the school came up there swami used to stay at their house and she had this wonderful uh, you know episode to narrate once when she was undergoing uh, pregnancy she was admitted in a hospital for delivery her husband was a doctor himself you know his colleagues were looking on her and trying to help her out in delivery and that time they figured out that this child which was about to be born was actually aligned the wrong way Okay. A child is supposed to come out head out first, right? Head yes. first. But this child was upside down. So the leg. So, okay. So they couldn't go in for a regular delivery. They had to go in for a cesarean. Hmm. So it was sometime in the afternoon. So the doctors came and they looked at this situation and they said it needs a surgery. So he said it'll take a while. So we'll go finish our lunch and come back, and we will, you know, take her for the cesarean. So that was the plan. So all these doctors and the nurses they told her this news and they all went out. So they leave the ward and they walk towards the gate going towards the canteen or whatever. And just then this lady is in a semi-conscious state and she sees Swami appearing there in that ward. Oh my god. Okay? And she says that it's not a dream but I can't even say that I really saw Swami because I was in that state of uh, you know half consciousness right. Uh-huh. And Swami appeared there and Swami came to her and Swami blessed her. And can you believe what Swami did? Swami just pierced his hand into her womb. you know just put his hand right into her womb and just turn the baby around okay in an instant okay this doctor and the team of doctors who were leaving they had hardly reached the gate when one of the nurses came running and said madam it looks like she is already delivering okay so they all had to run back you know that gives an idea of how quickly this thing happened so he appeared there put his hand into the womb turned the baby around the delivery process had already started beautiful beautiful and you know it also shows that when we have swami with us yes we can be delivered not only from the womb but we can be delivered from the troubles of the tomb too if only we place our faith in him because the lord is the lord of life he is beyond everything he is beyond the womb and the tomb 
and and i don't know i'm just tempted to put in another small incident here which uh-huh. was narrated to us by our teachers mm-hmm. you know this ha- again happened during a pregnancy of a lady you know she mm-hmm. was admitted to a hospital where the doctor was a devotee of swami so this lady had no idea of you know that uh, who swami was she she has never seen swami before and of course there was a picture of swami hanging and i'm sure you will be aware of that picture you remember in brindavan altar we used to have a picture of swami holding a branch of a coconut oh, yes. tree and yeah. you know we are looking very lovingly there's a beautiful picture of swami it's actually a black and white picture which was Correct. colored you know which has, the robe has been colored in that right so that picture was hanging in the ward mm-hmm. and it so happened that this lady had a labor pain very late into the night Mm-hmm. and the nurse had actually slipped out for some work or something and so there was nobody there to attend and swami appeared there and helped her with the delivery okay and the next morning she was thinking that this must be one of the ladies who is working in the hospital mm. okay she thought swami was a nurse oh uh, seeing the picture <laughs> seeing the picture she thought they were right so the next morning the doctor comes in he sees that this baby is already delivered and cleaned and nicely wrapped and lying beside the mother So the doctor comes and asks, you know, how, how did it happen? And she says, uh, that Narsama only came and helped me, pointing to <laughs> Swami's picture. And you know, the beautiful thing was, this was narrated by Swami himself in a discourse. Oh, Swami narrated this entire episode how he went and helped that girl with the delivery and all that. Uh-huh. And in which discourse? Do you have any idea? It's I think it's very early because uh, okay, the person okay. who was translating Swami's discourse was Professor Narendra, okay, the former principal of, of the, the Arts and Science College in Vrindavan. Mm. and the thing why this was narrated to us specially was you know when swami was narrating this incident swami said papum that lady did not even know whether it was a man or a woman <laughs> okay referring to himself mm. and you know what the translator translated it as huh? he said poor lady she didn't know whether it was a god or a goddess who helped her wow and for a moment swami paused and looked at him and so he was so happy that here was this translator even for a moment he was not forgetting who he is talking about wow that is indeed beautiful and that also you know we were speaking about the womb and the tomb and when you went along the womb direction i went along the tomb direction because another beautiful episode took place in 1950 mm-hmm. and this was in the april of 1950 okay you know we spoke about varadu varadu is the nephew right. of mrs kamla sarathi kamla sarathi from delhi yeah from delhi so uh, varadu had the chance of uh, being an a personal attendant for swami mm-hmm. helping him he had that great privilege and he says that one day he says it was the 14th of april 1950 sometime at around 9 o'clock at night he says that swami looked at him and another boy whose name was krishna and he looked in a manner which was indicative that swami wanted to go to his room and rest okay so they understood that so they just cleared they stopped whatever was going on and they asked swami swami shall we go to the room then So Swami walks up with them, and the minute he walks into the room, Swami collapses. He's in a trance, and both Varadu and Krishna try to hold Swami, and surprisingly, he's very light. And to their great amazement, they realize that Swami is not actually, though his body is very stiff, Swami is actually not heavy at all because he is levitating. And they are thrilled with this. They don't know what to do about it. They are. I mean, they were holding them. Swami, and Swami was actually. Swami is not actually not lying on them. Ah, uh, not resting on their hands at all. It okay. barely felt like they were holding a feather. They couldn't feel any weight at all. Wow. So they were in touch with Swami's body, but they never felt he is there carrying him because that's why they say that we felt he was levitating. And as that happened, Swami is muttering under his breath, and when they hear it, Swami is saying something about a Maharshi passing away. 
Okay. A Maharshi means a great sage. A Maharshi passing away. And at the same time, the sole of his right foot splits open. Mm-hmm. No, a crack appears, it splits open and two kilograms of fragrant vibhuti pours out. Wow. And they just don't know what to do, what, what is the spectacle that they are witnessing. They just hold on and they stand, you know, what else can you do? And Swami then comes out of his trance. And then Swami asks, Varadu, what did I say? He said, Swami, you were referring to some, some Maharshi passing away. He says, not some Maharshi, Ramana Maharshi has passed away. And they say, Swami, this Vibhuti also came, what do you want us to do? Swami says, we pack them in packets and distribute it to everybody. If you see the official declaration from the Ramana Ashram, they say that Ramana Maharshi passed away on the 14th of April 1950 at 8.47pm. Precisely so, around the time this whole yes, episode Yes, so uh, yeah, Varadu and Krishna do not remember the exact time, but they are this sure that it was somewhere around 9 o'clock, that's what they said. And yes, that was another thing that happened, you know, womb to tomb we were speaking. This is the Lord that travels with us before we get into the womb, travels with us after we get into the tomb and even the journey from the womb to the tomb as well. Beautiful and in fact, even as you say that, I'm reminded of how, you know, our teacher Ravikma sir put it mm. once in a talk. He said, when you live for Swami and live with Swami, He not only takes care of your welfare, but He will also take care of your farewell. Wow. <laughs> and He said, even the moment when you're leaving, He is there with you and making it special. Exactly. You know, once you place your trust in Him and have your faith in Him, everything, you know, He plans it out so perfectly. I remember another school teacher, Silesh sir, saying that out of a million possible things that could happen to you in life, Swami is constantly picking the best possible one and gifting it to you. So at this moment, if you are crying, just remember that this is the best possible thing that could happen out of a million other things. It's been so planned. And just knowing that in itself, you should feel so happy. Uh, Recently, I was asked a question saying that, you know, uh, when Swami left, it was devastating because it seemed like Like any other mortal, he was just struck down and he went, I mean. Was that not a part of a plan? But you know, if you look back at so many incidents and episodes that happened even before Swami physically left, all those incidents were almost like building up for that 24th of April 2011. I remember one student, you know, he is currently in the Middle East, he settled there. Mm -hmm. He had the chance of serving Swami for more than a decade in Swami's room. Okay. And he was saying that one night in 2003, he said that he could see that Swami was coughing slightly and he was trying to wake up one among the several boys who were sleeping in the room. Okay. uh, Swami would be on the cot and all others are lying down on the floor. And uh, there was one particular student whom Swami wished that he be the one who attend on Swami for that period. You know, you what we used to call as the top form maybe. (laughs) Different people have that for whatever reason during different periods. And Swami wanted that boy. So, this brother, as he was, he woke up, he was seeing that Swami was trying to wake up the other boy okay. without waking up the others. Mm-hmm. But that boy was in deep sleep and he didn't seem to be getting up. So, when Swami tried this for four or five times, he couldn't bear it any longer. So, he just got up and you know, he said that, I am not supposed to go and help Swami because Swami is not seeking it from me. So he got up and went to wake up that other boy whom Swami was calling. And the minute Swami saw that, Swami said, no, don't wake him. You only come here. 
so he thought you know swami whatever swami wanted because this was the time when swami had just had his fall so he thought he wanted help to go to the bathroom or something like that when swami told him you know you sit here now mm-hmm. so he sat at swami's feet and started pressing swami's feet swami said no not down sit on my bed sit on the cot he said no swami i am comfortable here said, no you sit here so he sat he sat on swami's cot next to swami and swami just looks at him and asks directly without any introduction nothing directly just swami asks what will happen to you if i leave and go he says hmm. swami leave and go where he says no i am when i leave and go and he understood what swami was saying so he was shocked and he thought that you know this a recent fall and swami breaking his hip and all these things have brought in these kind of depressing thoughts in swami <laughs> so he said swami you don't worry swami what you are thinking this hip and all will heal swami the doctors are saying that within two few months you will be running so swami don't worry don't speak such things swami smiles and says no no you tell me what will you do when i leave what will happen to you if i leave he says swami i will just die i won't be able to bear it and then swami pats him and says i know before i leave i will prepare you well so that nothing happens to you when i leave swami tells him that mm-hmm. and you know if you look at his life two years later he was told to leave prashantinilyam this boy who used to stay with swami mm-hmm. he was told to leave prashantinilyam again that's another long story but he left prashantinilyam and and he lives today he lives today and if you speak to him you get a feel you feel almost as if you're speaking to swami when you speak to him it's almost like swami is there swami is there in everyone but you can perceive that and if this has to happen to a person who said that swami if you leave i'm going to die definitely it is swami's blessings and this episode took place in 2003 which is almost 8 years before so all the while it is there in swami's plan in fact another student who had the chance of walking behind swami and you know uh, pushing along swami's uh, right. wheelchair Serving sofa swami physically yeah in the last 3 4 years he was saying that once when he took swami to the interview room on the wheelchair sofa swami just referred to the place near the Uh, in front of the ganesha in the ganesh portico of course that ganesha has now moved mm-hmm. that ganesha is now seated at the gopuram gate right. welcoming devotees as they come into the uh, prashantinilyam mandir but that ganesh was in the ganesh portico swami referred to that spot and said that is where i will be forever and in fact swami told him that i need to ready that place mm-hmm. and if you remember prem that was the year for the first time ever even the convocation drama was held in kulvant hall okay none of the program you know purnachandra auditorium was given up completely only for the dasara yagnam because of the practice it used to be held there you know the christmas program used to be actually in purnachandra auditorium the boys dramas all the dramas would be held and that is the announcement that would be made right. that shortly from now in the purnachandra sabha mandapam we will be having this program right but 2010 at least there were 30 to 40 programs and all of them were held in kulvanthal and during all the programs currently where the mahasamadhi is that is where swami used to sit and you know before this swami had said i need to ready that place in fact of course he started having all the bhajans also outside wow yes that is another even akhanda bhajan which even akhanda bhajan and swami simply said no need of bhajans in the bhajan hall we need to have bhajans outside imagine how much of you know what does an avatar needs to do to prepare a place i mean it's just a matter of will but swami got people used to you know and I remember the first time when Swami didn't come for the darshan, you know, in the morning. We were all shocked, and then it happened in the evening. 
we thought that morning darshan is doubtful but evening and then slowly we got used to the fact that if swami doesn't come in the evening we do our veda chanting we do our bhajans receive aarti and aarti was waved to the empty chair i mean empty in the sense physically swami is not there and people disperse in fact it was almost like swami had a trial run for it on several occasions before it actually happened so if we look at it you know swami says that when death comes to you you say that god you didn't give me a warning god says i gave you a warning i made your teeth fall you put on dentures i made your hair white you put dye i gave you wrinkled skin and you did cosmetic surgery you put on other cosmetics and you made it fine and suddenly when death comes you say lord what are you doing you didn't give me a warning what do you mean i didn't give you a warning i feel that's the same thing everything is part of the master plan coming out of the womb going into the tomb and everything in between and everything before and after that also everything is part of the master plan and that we are able to see even from those early days as we saw in the case with ramana maharshi i mean that's definitely true none of us can complain that there were no signs but the fact was we always looked to look the other way around you know we chose to look the other way because we knew that people were telling that you know swami is preparing us swami is doing this maybe swami is wanting us to live with his physical absence but the fact was we were always looking the other way we didn't want to accept it but definitely swami knows best and that is the idea because eventually all these stories which we narrate what swami did swami could appear there swami could appear here you know swami could transport himself to any place beat across the globe anywhere swami could cure anything you know he helps with delivery he helps with everything but if a situation comes in our life when swami does not do something which we think is favorable to us we should also understand that his discrimination is also much 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 higher than all our discrimination that he has a choice in front of him and he has our welfare in his mind and what he chooses is perfectly right for us at that time you know you, as you were saying i was reminded yesterday swami's discourse on christmas day Swami started off by making three statements and telling that one is morality one is spirituality and all the three have to be together and when it came to spirituality he said spirituality is represented by the statement nabruyat satyam apriyam never speak an unpleasant truth never speak right. it and you know for us if we see because we are not in that advaita darshanam gyanam swami said that jesus's life shows us that that true wisdom is the ability to see oneness in all and he said that that is what jesus life shows but people call by different names and fight and they go along the sub lanes but since we are not in that advaita darshanam gyanam for us swami leaving the physical frame is an unpleasant thing and when swami himself has said that the ultimate in spirituality is not to speak the truth which is unpleasant how could he tell that because all that he did was give hints he gave hints we were not ready to take the hint and we were not ready to take the hint because because we just felt that this can't happen this is not pleasant it's an unpleasant thing but where the lord's actions are concerned what is pleasant what is unpleasant everything is the lord's action which has to be celebrated and though we are not ready for it that is what it has come to pass today we celebrate even the 24th of april just as we celebrate the 23rd of november yes everything about the lord's life is to be celebrated Yes sir and uh, I don't know maybe we've taken a long detour yes we get back to but it's it's still christmas season as you said we heard a beautiful discourse yesterday i'm really tempted to play one small clip we've played this before hmm and swami describing christmas in prashanti nilayam and what it is to be in prashanti with swami it's a small clip 
and I'm really really tempted to play it. Please, I'm, I'm tempted I'm to hear it. It's a wonderful Christmas gift from Swami. You all are in kingdom of Sai. You all are in Sai's home. You all are in Sai's light. You all are in Sai's heart. I will bless you. I will bless you in the holy day, holy night. This is your right. That's that sweet little clip I mentioned, and how beautiful and how profound is that? The last statement, you know, this is your right. This is your right. That's the speciality I feel of the Satyasai Avatar. You know, Krishna said. You know, Ananya Shintayantomam Yejanam Paryupasate Tesham Nityabhiyuktanam Yogakshemam Vahamiham Those who think of me incessantly with no other second thought I will take care of their welfare You know, if Swami had laid that condition out in the Kali Yuga I think none of us would have qualified to be taken care by Swami And that's why Swami made it very simple He said, if you need me, you deserve me And that is why Swami says It is your right It is your right to receive blessings from me when i was in final year in vrindavan swami took us all to a devotee's house mm. you know to have a session of lunch and sometimes spent with the family there mm. in the house and that time swami was talking to an elderly couple mm. and swami looked at all of us and said you know you know this couple i perform their marriage okay okay and they're quite an elderly couple and then swami said i'll also perform your shashti purti you know the the marriage which is performed in the 60th the, year and the, the husband, husband is 60 years yeah. old you know it's supposed to be like a spiritual marriage Swami said, I'll also perform your Shashti Purti. Swami said, okay. And the couple was understandably overwhelmed and they looked at Swami and said, Swami, thank you so much. And Swami said, why thank you? It is your right. It is my responsibility. You know, here is the Lord who is taking responsibility for all these things. It definitely for us is a blessing. You know, it is a huge blessing and a huge act of grace. Definitely, Prem. With this, dear listeners, we'll come back to what we said, the entry of Shri Narayan Kasturi, a great person, a wonderful instrument of the Lord. We'll come to that story after this break. So keep listening. Don't go away anywhere. This is going to be a short break after which it's going to be some more grandeur and glory of the Satyasai Avatar. ప్రవహించేటి ప్రేమయే సుమగంధము 
ஹரிவில்லை மா மனசு பலிகேனா சிறிமூவை மா மதினமோகேனா Welcome back to your listeners. You're listening to Afternoon Satsang and we're talking about Satyam Shyam Sundaram and today we're talking about that person who authored the Satyam Shyam Sundaram, Sundaram series. You know, the person who played a very, very important role in taking Swami's message to the world because this person is none other than Professor N. Kasturi, translator of Swami's discourses, the editor of Sanatan Sarati. The, the person who penned down all of Swami's vahinis and who has also written Swami's biography. Right. You know, what Valmiki is for Lord Rama and Vyasa is for Lord Krishna, we can definitely say Kasturi is for the Satisai Avatar and maybe even Shirdi Sai Avatar too because, I mean, sorry, what Hemat Pant is to the Shirdi Sai Avatar, that is what Kasturi is to the Satisai Avatar. And for those of you who don't know about Professor Kasturi, he was in fact a very renowned professor of history and we all are very familiar with the appellation Akashwani. 
the all india radio is called the akashwani yes. that name was given by professor kasturi exactly you know akashwani or the all india radio it was one of the most far reaching services started by the government of india because radio was something that was popular in every village every town every city in india and uh, they wanted a name for it an indian name all india radio was more like a an english name that had been right. given and it was kasturi who called it akashavani which means an ethereal voice Ethereal from voice. the skies and akashavani is a very very spiritual kind of name because when uh, lord krishna was born they say that kamsa heard an akashavani, akashavani which said that lord has taken birth in order to annihilate you so akashavani that was the name that kasturi gave and that's the name which sticks to the all india radio till today even, even to this till day. today you yes. hear the announcement you're listening to akashavani and you know kasturi was a multilingual person personality exactly you know some of these elders used to tell us you know nowadays you have announcements somebody is making an announcement in english followed by an announcement in telugu when professor kasturi used to make an announcement he used to make it in english in telugu in tamil in malayalam in kannada and i don't know if any other hindi maybe <laughs> <laughs> so you can imagine one person making announcements in six or seven languages exactly i mean and it was not that he had a working knowledge of these languages he has got literary works right. in these languages he has won many awards in kannada his works are very well known they are dripping with satire and humor and all one has to do is flip through the pages of his book loving god to get a taste of the rich sense of humor that he has it's unbeatable in apart from his ability to write he was a brilliant speaker and there was some i could only say a charm in the way he used to speak that gentleness and that uh, you know motherly voice that's the only way i could put it and for those who have not heard it i think we should play a small clip in which he himself narrates a small incident about swami before we play the clip right one small incident swami had called three people for interview okay i am not remembering their names exactly now but it was something like ram murti krishna murti and narsim murti okay. now all were you know murtis so kasturi also was walking into the interview room thinking that he has been called mm-hmm. and swami told him kasturi wait that is ram murti that is krishna murti that is narsim murti and i am swami said i am also a murti murti meaning it also means an idol a deity a deity right. swami said i am also a murti so you know the interview is going to be an interview with murtis so what are you doing what are you doing in this group <laughs> so kasturi immediately on the spot you know he he re- replied saying swami they are all murtis but with me it will become purti Right. Purti, which means complete. <laughs> complete. And so he said, "Swami, without me, it's not complete. So please." Swami laughed and you know Absolutely. invited him inside. You know he would say that as devotees, we should all not be chatterjees. We should all become bannerjees. <laughs> <laughs> Playing on the surname, the Bengali surname. Chatterjee. You know, yeah, chatterjee and bannerjee. He said we should not speak, but our actions should speak louder. So yes, I mean there are so many wit and witticisms of Kasturi, and maybe Prem, you know, we should take up two three satsangs on the life of Kasturi itself. Exactly, I think we'll have more than enough matter to do that because even if you walk around and uh, speak to people who who have moved with Kasturi, Professor Kasturi, they will have wonderful stories to narrate of his wit and charm. You know, maybe just one uh, story which I I was reminded yesterday when I was reading about Professor Kasturi. You know, once Swami showed him a doll. You know, that doll which you give a key. and it goes around beating a drum we mm. all would have played with it as little children you know small yes. doll you give it a key it goes around beating a drum yeah when you wind the key huh? okay and somebody had got that gift for swami and swami was so amused by it you know every now and then he was giving a key and putting it on the table and looking at it 
and professor kasturi came by and so he said chudu kasturi see how nicely it is doing so professor kasturi looked at it and he said swami i am also like that doll he said i also will go around beating the drum and speaking about you and that's what he meant he mm. said swami i am like that drum i go around beating the drum i'm like that doll huh i'm like that doll and swami looked at him and you know gave a very stern look and swami pushed the doll and swami said i will do this to you okay and you you can imagine what would have happened the doll fell down but it's still beating the drum yes and immediately kasturi said swami i will also be like that even if you make me fall i will still beat the drum wow and when he actually narrated this to some of our teachers who had gone to see him he was actually on his deathbed in the hospital and he oh. said that's what i'm doing now swami has pushed me down but i'm still beating the drum you know swami has pushed him down swami has raised him up has done everything i'm reminded of another episode when you know he wanted a mantra because he did not come directly to swami he has been through ramakrishna mission i don't know if he has been through chinmaya mission also he has served for 25 years in the ramakrishna mission in the ramakrishna mission so uh, his belief in a mantra was so strong and firm and he felt that having a mantra is the only way to redeem himself and so a mantra is received from your guru so he goes to swami and he says swami i want a mantra i believe this was a time when swami was on a north india trip to rishikesh and badrinath and other places holy places there mm-hmm. and so kasturi is accompanying swami and he says swami you must we are visiting such holy places pilgrimage place it's a very auspicious time auspicious place you should definitely give me a mantra and swami keeps postponing you know delays are not denials but they almost feel like denials with swami <laughs> sometimes you know so swami keeps delaying delaying and never gives kasturi a mantra finally one day when kasturi pesters swami a lot swami says okay tomorrow morning i'll give you a mantra so kasturi is so excited he is not able to sleep and he gets up early in the morning has his ablutions he he's ready he has done his prayers and he's waiting and swami comes and starts speaking casually normally and no nowhere is swami showing any inclination towards telling him a mantra or finally you know swami gets breakfast served and says come let's have breakfast after that we have to leave and now kasturi is dejected he's crestfallen and a tear almost you know streaks from his eyes on over his cheeks and swami sees him gets up walks to him places a hand over his shoulder and says kasturi what happened and now you know kasturi feels even more hurt he says that you know he's acting as if he doesn't know <laughs> he says swami swami you told you'll give me a mantra and swami what is this swami says kasturi why do you want mantra and kasturi says swami why does anyone want mantra swami i want mantra so that i can go close to god and then swami bends almost hugs him comes close to his ear and says how much closer kasturi and then you know kasturi suddenly realizes and now he is in tears he is in tears and he realizes the futility for a mantra when when the person is here who 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 says that you need not just listen to me and tell brinjal and i will give you moksha you don't need to chant a mantra <laughs> that is the power and he realizes that and he now has more tears you know that is the magic of swami his ability to convert your tears of sorrow into tears of joy in moments and that is what kasturi experienced and that is what all of us experience when we relive these beautiful stories and so you, the clip which i am going to play for you today dear listeners is professor kasturi talking about his experience of being an editor of swami's works you know how difficult is that because <laughs> here is swami he called that work sanatan sarathi called that magazine sanatan sarathi which means the same person who came and gave the geeta to arjuna who is going to give it to the people in the form of this monthly magazine So here was Kasturi being appointed as the editor of that magazine 
and you could imagine what he would have gone through editing swami's words editing oh my swami's god swami's words and that's exactly what he's going to talk about dear listeners we're playing this clip so that if you've not heard professor kasturi speak before you will have an idea of how wonderful a speaker he was and the wit and humor is definitely not something which you will miss baba once said trying to explain me you people you are trying to, ex- to talk about me we have heard speeches by dr bhagavantam dr bhagavantam san professor nanjundaya and many others referring to bhagwan giving instances of bhagwan's omniscience omnipresence omnipotency etc etc but do you know what bhagwan characterizes them as he says suppose you want to explain to a person the himalayas this morning somebody spoke about the himalayas the upanishads being the himalayas and you you ask what are the himalayas himalayas and he takes a small pebble see this one you imagine this to be about 5 uh, miles high and 1500 miles broad and this is himalayas So take a stone, take another stone, put half a dozen stones together and ask the person to magnify it in his mind. Such instances, millions of them happen every moment all over the world. So this is one instance. Now imagine million instances happening in a billion places for millennia. add up all that and then you get bhagwan himself has written in the gita vahini i was the editor of sanatan sarthi he has put me there and justice uh, bhagavantam said he consulted kama our uh, principal of the patshala whether bhagwan knew enough sanskrit to quote some of these things that he was doing I remember Ishwarma, the mother of Bhagwan. There was one Amritananda in my house, and after Bhagwan gave one of his magnificent discourses, she came to my place and called out this Amritananda and said, "Ye me mo chaptare, anta seriga unda." Poor mother. She was worried. What is this? We didn't put him into any parshala. We have not seen him read any book or study under a pandit, and he is talking for one hour, one and a half hours, or all kinds of things. She asked that old pandit, "Is it all correct?" <laughs> so that uh, feeling, and because I was the editor of Sanatan Sarthi, so that if Baba writes something in it. i am responsible people may say he may write but what are you editor doing so i felt an editorial responsibility in that matter and in the geeta vahini while he was writing it serially there was one passage arjuna called krishna keshava and krishna smiled 
because he realized that Arjuna had known the truth about him. What does this Keshava mean so much? If you say Keshava, well, the usual meaning of Keshava is that there was a Keshi, there was one horse-faced or something, some demon whom Krishna killed. And if you kill a horse-faced demon, is it such an important incident and the most important appellation for God so that when he calls him Keshava, Krishna is very much pleased. Are this fellow has understood me all right. To kill a horse-faced or the cousin of the horse, you know. <laughs> Suppose, after all, a horse is not very different from the cousin. To kill a person like that, is it such a thing to be happy over? And Arjuna? So, I thought there must be some snag in it. And I went round. Of course, first thing is our Kamavadani. He consulted him, I also go to him. And there were others in the party. I waited for some festival. And a number of big pandits landed in Puttaparthi. I consulted all of them. Then I thought I must go to Bangalore and consult the Shankara Vidyalaya and all that. I knew some people there, people who had, as the Telugu statement says, grown horns. I consulted those horned gentlemen also. <laughs> and then they couldn't explain. Then I thought, why should I go to these persons? Shankaracharya has written a commentary on the Vishnu Sahasranam, on thousand names of Vishnu. And Keshava must be one of them. And he must have written explanation of that word Keshava. So I went and consulted Shankara's commentary on Vishnu Sahasranam. And there I find Keshava means Ka plus Isha plus Va. Brahma Vishnu and Shiva. These three are but one Kesha. Because I have no hair to show you. One Kesha, one hair of the Lord. And Bhagavan has got so much of hair. So, one hair of Swami, one hair is equal to the power and the glory and the might of all the three facets of divinity. No wonder when Arjuna called Krishna Keshava, Krishna felt, ah, this man has understood my reality. He knows that a hair of my head is only that or the power of the Trinity is only as trivial as a hair on my head. I satisfied myself and I slapped my own cheeks for feeling that an editor is a very important person. And then Baba told me when I went up to him, ah, of course, it's your duty, you convince yourself. But he had followed me into all the places to which I had gone. 
and he had heard even my whispered conversation with the pandits who had come to puttaparth and he read me like an open book and said of course i appreciate your because baba appreciates even in geeta baba is appreciated he has told arjuna all the 18 chapters and he has given him also a wonderful demonstration of his being the totality of all this but yet in the 18th chapter we will find itite jnanam akhyatam guhyat guhyataram maya i have told you the most secret of all the secret doctrines vimarsyate dasheshena go on ashesham without even leaving off a little letter or word of what i have told you vimarsya discuss it in your own mind think it over yathechasi tathakur and if you feel that you have got to follow my teachings do it otherwise leave it off that has been the message of krishna and that is the message of krishna rasai also swami also because he always says if you tell a person shh don't talk don't simply say ush don't simply say that they might think that uh, swami has got ear ache or something and therefore if you make noise he will be disturbed tell them why don't simply command give them the reason let them be satisfied immersiate the sheshana give them why they have got a right to understand the reason behind all the rules and regulations so if if i talk about baba or give you some stones pebbles it is only so that you can magnify it in your own minds and build a himalaya for yourself because it is impossible to describe the himalayas so that was the clip from professor kasturi's talk which was given in a summer course in 1976 I'm sure this is not yet on our website. Right, it's just getting ready for that. Yeah, I'm going to hear it, and you know, Prem, I'm I'm just feeling like a fool. I don't feel like talking at all. It's so wonderful. <laughs> I think he's also described us about <laughs> throwing pebbles at people and trying to describe the Himalayas through those pebbles. That's what we're trying to do here, and how beautifully he's put it. But then, if we enjoy seeing those pebbles, Swami is fine with that. You know, even as he was speaking, I was remembering one or two things. You know, he was saying. that krishna said that all these that i have told you you mull it over in your mind a thousand times and then if you wish to follow you follow it i mean look at the lord you know you know that this is the ultimate that anybody can follow and yet he does not say you just shut up and follow this he says you you if you wish mull it over and then and when we look at the way you know swami used to speak also if you go to him with a proposal and say swami this is this is my house swami this is the way this is what is the plan this is the thing this is what the architect has said if it is rubbish swami will never say that that is rubbish do this swami will say that is good okay what he has said his opinion is good kani now deshamlo and swami would always preface his statement with that now uddeshamlo which means in my, in my opinion and swami would never say that you know this is the way to do it do it or or you know you'll be go, doomed <laughs> you'll be doomed do whatever you want he would never say that 
he would say that is good yeah that is good what he says is also good but what i feel is this and invariably you know things would always happen according to what is swami's uddesham lo because <laughs> invariably we would realize that that is what is the best thing and and the most beautiful thing about swami is you know after swami says something you go back and think oh my god why didn't i think of it it's so simple swami has that ability you know one simple example again it's about that famous mahavakya you know tatvamasi right tatvamasi tat means that tvam is you asi art so it often translates as thou art that right. you are that so uh, it is said as one of the great advaitic statements you know often we wonder how can it be advaita advaita is about only one being there and how can you say tat tvam asi you are that which means again there is two right so this confusion was there and then you know in one discourse i am not remembering which but swami made it so simple swami said what is the meaning of tat tvam asi so all of us you know we, we just thought tat tvam asi that's what tat tvam asi is swami said tat tvam asi swami said it is not tat tvam asi you are that it is tat tvam asi tat tvam means essence and asi is is essence is swami said that is the meaning of that statement and now it becomes advaita and then you think oh my god hey why didn't i think of this yaar i mean it is so creative and unique the same thing like god is nowhere swami says you break it it becomes god is now here you say wow this is marvelous why didn't i think of it that is how swami simplifies he simplifies so that even a child understands it i mean tatvamasi and god is now here is so easy and beautiful to explain and that's why we make stories out of it examples out of it and present it to everyone once explained even a child can understand but one when it is not explained even the scholars and pandits struggle to explain and yet having such wisdom when swami says you know god knows everything yet acts as if he knows nothing man knows nothing yet acts as if he knows everything knowing everything still swami would always say now desham lo what a beautiful lesson in humility definitely even as you are saying that you know the thought which comes to me is invariably what swami does to each one of us is initially attracts us or initially amuses us with the things which he can do and then he starts breaking down the reasons which we have built and the ideas which we have built you know our own preconceived notions he breaks mm-hmm. them up as swami says the truth is much simpler than all these things if we look at professor kasturi's life you know he comes to swami in a ripe old age he comes i think just a few years before his retirement i think he is almost made his half a century when he comes to swami i think he retired in 1954 right so when he comes to swami he is actually 50 he is having two sons one son is already studying and one daughter is of marriageable age and he has been a professor he as we said he's worked with the Ram- ramakrishna you know mission. the institution the mission there so he's come with a lot of baggage in that sense So here is a person into whose life Swami is entering and to make things even worse he comes just after a disaster you know he loses his 16 year old son who is as he himself describes apple of not only his eyes his family eyes but wherever he was he was shining because he was a brilliant student a brilliant cadet corps he was a brilliant marksman he was a brilliant speaker and he was very very patriotic he was dying to you know serve the nation which was just being born and this son is lost in the year 1947 10 days after india became independent kasturi writes it saying that he could live only 10 days in a independent india an india which he could have served long even in a as manner. even as pandit nehru is giving that historic speech 
the or twist with destiny the twist speech. with destiny he was actually on his uh, you know on the bed listening to the speech and even before that speech could be completed he had to be rushed in an ambulance to a hospital that's how serious he was and as you said 10 days later he was consumed by typhoid right right and yes that was the kind of condition kasturi was in when somebody came to him and told him that you know don't lose hope in fact a fellow monk right. from the ramakrishna I order think swami shambhavananda sambhavananda okay yeah so sambhavananda yeah he told kasturi that don't worry the same lord who has inflicted this wound on you will also heal this wound a statement that made sense to kasturi much later on but at that point in time it seemed so rubbish he was wondering how could anything ever cool the raging fire in my heart where i have lit the funeral pyre of my own son he was in that tragic state when another you know friend of his son comes to him and gives him a few vibhuti packets saying that this is from satya sai in puttaparthi and you know this will bring you some kind of high high meaning comfort and you know in kannada the word sai sai means go and die that's the way you often curse at people whom you get angry upon and you know just now he has lost his son and when he heard this name itself he felt something very funny and he thought this is crazy and he also was told that this is a reincarnation of shirdi baba you know that put in a kind of fear in him saying that oh my god maybe maybe he's something and so therefore he didn't just throw away the vibhuti packets he didn't have the courage and inclination to simply throw it away he gave it to some neighbor who had a shirdi baba idol at home and that was the first trist with swami okay around that time i think as we mentioned his daughter was there padma kasturi she, she still lives in the ashram and we had a long series with her one of the most popular series where she speaks about her interactions with swami and about her father too you know he's interested in getting this uh, little girl married and you know it's quite understandable there's a huge calamity which has struck the family they're looking for something which is more brighter you know something to look forward to and that's when they actually are thinking about the marriage of padma kasturi and i think they at that be- point in time padma is in love with one young lad by the name balachandran right now balachandran is the son of a certain parmeshwara iyer who in turn is the son of a person who was kasturi's friend and this person we don't know his name he used to call himself as potti iyer potti iyer means iyer the dwarf <laughs> and kasturi was first shocked when he was introduced to this person as potti iyer and this potti iyer says that you know I am a devotee of Satyasai Baba. When I had gone to Delhi, I had come to know about Swami, and then I met him, and it's amazing. He's my Lord. He's my everything. And so he says, and he he called me Potti Ayer, and what a blessing it is. And Kasturi thought that this person has got grannified. You know, he is proud about an appellation that actually degrades his right. form. Then by Swami. by somebody who is one fourth his age. This is Potti Ayer. And should we add, not much taller than him? <laughs> yes, not much taller than him. So he felt that this was crazy, and Potti Ayer would go on and regale and narrate stories about Swami to Kasturi. Was not even slightly interested. In fact, Kasturi used to get you know scared to cross paths with Potti Ayer, lest he get caught and get hammered. He felt that Potti Ayer sees him as a nail and himself as a hammer. <laughs> so that was Kasturi's experience with Potti Ayer. But then Kasturi found that this Balachandran, that is Potti Ayer's grandson, he was an amazing conversationalist, and he was also rational in his approach. And the way he spoke about Swami actually made more sense to Kasturi. 
and slowly kasturi saw himself falling in love with this boy and thinking how wonderful if it is this boy becomes my son in law son in law that is when the problem arose because kasturi was not drawing a huge salary and uh, parmeshwar ayer felt that he would not be able to afford the kind of dowry that his son is eligible to <laughs> son is worth <laughs> son is worth it's almost like you know in each degree in some places it still continues like that you know as each degree is added on to the boy the worth boy's worth goes up and that is the amount that the girl's parents have to pay and here was kasturi with hardly any fortune so in order to discourage any of this parmeshwar ayer comes to kasturi and says you don't worry it is my job to find a proper son in law for you which meant don't i my son <laughs> don't i my son i'll find a good boy for your daughter yeah. it was amidst all this that you know kasturi began to talk to uh, balachandran and get impressed about swami and it was actually listening to balachandran that kasturi finally agreed that i will have a darshan of swami as you call it one and in 1948 we have discussed how you know swami was at sakama's home right swami was ailing from a from a mysterious kind of a you know health problem yes but that actually gave an window for so many people to come to swami because when swami was staying in that sakama's house in bull temple road and i think another devotee's house exactly so swami used to road. move around these bangalore devotees home and uh, forget his name tiru venkata uh, okay uh, yes tiru venkata pillai uh, we'll get back with the name uh, maybe in the next satsang but uh, it was at his home on the same bull temple road that they went to meet swami kasturi and the uh, the ayers <laughs> all the ayers and when they went there swami was sitting and reading some book and burying his uh, face and he was reading a letter or some paper and that was it and they walked out and kasturi was not at all impressed in fact the first impression he has is here is the silent swami and in and the thought which comes to him is if this silent baba could tell one word to this family you know asking them to take my daughter into their family i think these fellows will just blindly accept you know, yeah obey. that is a that is a greedy thought that came in his head they said that i mean if you read loving god he says oh these people have got so much devotion to this mop of crinkly hair <laughs> if only this mop of crinkly hair can just tell them that you know get your son married to padma i think it will all be done and he even expresses this to his wife saying that it will be nice right if if the swami tells and but then you know in the meanwhile parmeshwar ayer finds plausible groom for kasturi's daughter and then when kasturi tells this to padma padma is in tears she's heartbroken because she had already pledged her heart to balachandran but then you know kasturi tells her that this is the way of life you have to accept it and a meeting is also scheduled for the parents of the bride and the parents of the prospective groom and in fact parmeshwar ayer comes to kasturi and says don't worry i will accompany you we will talk and you know we will negotiate so that you don't have to pay a huge dowry and <laughs> all that you know he says he's being very friendly to kasturi i'm i'm your friend as long as you don't die my son <laughs> that is the condition so on the day that has been appointed in fact he even says let the day of meeting be a thursday you know thursday is a very good day according to swami and you know he again brings in the swami and kasturi saying oh my god how is it how is it that you have some blind devotion to somebody who is your own age because uh, ram balachandran's age and swami's age were similar and he is simply amazed by this but he thinks that it is absolute foolishness and then on the day when they are supposed to meet the groom parmeshwar ayer doesn't turn up mm-hmm. so kasturi is little nervous he rushes to parmeshwar ayer's house knocks on the door and when they open it the door he says that the husband and wife are in some intense conversation and they are whispering to each other 
says i was wondering what this susuration was all about you know they <laughs> they're talking to each other and then you know parmeshwar ayer says wednesday that is yesterday night i had a dream swami came and instructed me and kasuri says oh my god he has a madcap you know because this is what often happens the mind plays tricks on you when the brain is asleep when the brain is not at home the mind comes and plays tricks and here is this guy saying that swami gave instruction and so what was it about he says you know swami came and blasted me he scolded me for trying to find a son in law for you and now kasturi says you know i'm sorry i know you are trying to do good for me you know please forget what he said you know i'm sorry that he you had to face such thing because, because of, of me. trying to help me he says no no that is not the whole story he said swami said you come and meet me you come and meet me i have to talk to you and he says next day when today he had just gone for darshan and he has come back from darshan and that's what they're discussing and he said that swami said the person who should marry kasturi's daughter padma is your son balachandran and kasturi now is suddenly shocked he says did he mention my name he says yes he mentions your name he says he knows you well and did he mention my daughter's name yes he mentioned your daughter's name oh, kasturi is awestruck he says how does he know about me did he read about me i mean maybe because kasturi <laughs> was a famous literary writer maybe it's quite updated na huh? wikipedia was not there and yet swami knows about each people each of the people but then you know the worry that parmeshwar ayer is having is i have already fixed you up with that other guy now how do we cancel that a kasturi says this is your worry no problem i will i will manage that and actually kasturi fabricates a fib and says that you know it's off there's some reason we can't and so he puts it off But Kasturi is so happy. He comes and tells his wife, "You know what? This Baba is worth cultivating. It's very useful, <laughs> practical benefits. He helps marriages, and that is how Kasturi agrees to see Swami for a second time. And that is a meeting that's unforgettable and amazing. This happens in 1949, in July 1949, and when they go to the bungalow where Swami is, Swami comes and you know he sees Arti, the bell being rung, and all this, and he's wondering what is happening. Swami calls him in for interview and before he can open his mouth Swami tells him you are happy right that i fixed up the groom for you and kasturi is shocked and swami says don't worry i know that you have lost a son again kasturi is shocked he says i know that pain is a lot but this boy who is coming into your family will not only be a son in law will also be a son for you you don't worry about that i will take care of everything you need not worry at all i know that you have not been given proper recognition in your uni- university that will also come and you are bound to do many more great things in fact after you complete your university life which happened in 1954 when you retire come over and stay with me at prashantinilayam you will write my jeeva charitra you will write my biography you will write my history and kasturi was simply shocked This is 1949 and Swami is telling somebody who actually doesn't believe who actually criticizes telling that you come and settle you will be writing my jeeva charitra and in fact for many years kasturi didn't believe that that would happen till actually you know we heard him speaking about how he went to actually refer from scholars whether there was meaning and sense in what swami had said so that same kind of zeal and enthusiasm was there that is why he did not actually believe that he would be writing swami's biography till it actually happened in 1960 when he wrote the first part satyam shyam sundaram that is when he realized that everything runs according to a master plan you know just the beauty of the way swami is doing it 
you know one thing one side there is a pain which is desperate for solace and the other side there is a need which has to be answered is daughter's wedding and the third thing is a passion which is swami is addressing because here is a professor of history he is a historian and mm. nothing interests him more than history and you know the, the, the most exciting things happening and swami is throwing him the bait of come and write my life story and i think he has seen enough of swami even in that short period to know that his is not an ordinary life whether he is what people believe him to be he's definitely an interesting life to write about mm. but you know that is the beauty of the thing and you know he has seen swami perform some things which is not common for other people but still there is yet to go because swami is slowly breaking into him and slowly breaking into his preconceived notions and that is why you know when we spoke to padma kasturi professor kasturi's daughter she narrates of an incident which happens much much later you know this we you mentioned 1949 1954 he comes and settles in prashantinilam that's when the sanatan sarathi starts and actually just for continuity sake we will maybe talk about it in the next satyam shamsundaram but in 1950 right swami actually performs the wedding of padma kasturi at prashantinilam during the dasra right um, Yeah, because we just jumped the gun a bit. I thought we'll just yes. mention this. We'll come into detail later. Yeah, but yes, and, you were saying just running through the details in 1950, and that's when Swami tells him that uh, you know you can come back and settle here. Mm. And I think he goes and takes charge of All India Radio. That was the time when he named it Akashvani. Mm. He was the assistant producer of program in Akashvani for those few years. Then he comes back. I think 54, 56, when the Sanatan Sarathi is about to begin. And he is living in the ashram. That time there was only East Prashanti. One of those rooms were given to. Kasturi and his family. Swami so used to visit them so often, and he was meeting people who had had some amazing experiences. But still, Swami was actually breaking into layers and layers of his mental understandings till he reached his heart. And actually, we'd like to play that small clip where Padma Kasturi, you know, narrates that defining moment. We spoke about you know God of small things. For the number of things which Kasturi has seen. This is definitely a very small incident you know he must have come across incidents like this every day but for some reason this was something which was so great for him mm. and you know let's just listen to that uh, episode but one sits him so our father was there in swami's room and swami suddenly fell and went in trance and then vibhuti came out of his mouth and hand and everything and after he came out of the trance he said i had been to dehradun one dr krishna was coming then here in ba putparti he said his mother just now passed away she was asking for my darshan and last moment i went and gave her darshan then it seems he started telling about who were all there then father was interested he said let me take down swami then he said no no yes he can take down he gave him a slip of paper and father started taking down as swami was saying who were all there and what all happened so then afterwards swami said after 3 or 4 days a letter will come and you can bring your list and then tally it then after 4 days the letter came and swami asked uh, he didn't open the cover he has sent word for my father then father went up and then he tallied both the letter and he asked him to read the letter and it was exactly the same Okay. So father was very much excited, and he came running home from the mandir. Anandam, anandam! He was shouting. I didn't. Know, I was there, and I didn't know what has happened to him. He said, "Oh, we are God, Bhagwan. We are God. How fortunate we are! We are having Bhagwan, Bhagwan like that." He came home, and he he didn't take any food. He was so excited. 
my grandmother was there she was very much worried what has happened to my son he is like this i didn't like tea also when we are we offered tea she said no 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 bhagwan is there i don't want anything we are god bhagwan what else i want like that he was telling then in the evening during bhajan those days swami used to come around house yes he just passed and then he came to our house and asked my grandmother how is kasturi what is he doing then she cries swami is not taking food is just saying bhagwan we are god bhagwan we are god bhagwan what is this swami what has happened to him then swami said when even when the truth is revealed it will happen like that <laughs> that was a clip and you know very interesting he has come to swami through miraculous events you know where swami is is showing the ability of going into somebody's dream and instructing people but still you know that moment when it comes and there there might be a defining moment i think this was one of those in kasturi's life exactly and that statement is so profound you know when you come face come to face, face to with truth, truth you lose interest for everything else in life you know you wonder whether is it worthwhile to spend life pursuing everything that is false you know swami says that what these eyes see they are actually false and what the eyes don't see that is true that is the truth and kasturi lost interest to eat drink sleep everything when that moment of truth is revealed maybe it's for our bodily sustenance that <laughs> you know swami does not reveal his truth always to us because i think we were all go mad we were all become mad in love for swami and we have all had those experiences in our lives when once in a while swami has revealed that truth i think it's up to us to cherish that and keep reminding ourselves always of that of what swami's reality is you know even as i was listening to that clip i'm reminded of what swami writes in ramakatha raswaini hmm. you know there swami describes how the rama sita and lakshmana are banished into the forest and they have a stopover you know in the ashram of rishi bharadwaja hmm. and bharadwaja is the one who actually tells them you can go to panchavati and that's a good place to uh, live for Set 14 camp, years because huh? he's supposed to live in the forest for 14 years so they stay overnight in sage bharadwaja's ashram and in the morning rama and lakshmana wake up early in the morning and they go to the sage and say will you accompany us to the you know river because you're supposed to do the early morning sandhya and the all the other you know ritualistic worships there and sage bharadwaja looks at rama and says for what hmm. he says i'm sure you would be do following all these things in your ashram and you have to do your morning sandhya right and the rishi says for what he says isn't it a practice he says see all this i did for all these years for this moment hmm. to be face to face with you after seeing you if i'm going to go back to all those worship what a fool i will be he said you are here for a drama you can go and continue the drama but i know the truth i am not going to pursue it anymore that is the fortune which is in front of us because swami has come in this form and he's allowed us to recognize him you know we might not have recognized him in all his glory but even that as kasturi put it you have seen the himalayas at least as a pebble and that itself is a fortune <laughs> prem you know we have just got about another 5 minutes before we can end this uh, rather than speak and fill the air do we have any other uh, clip of padma kasturi that you said you have made yeah maybe we could play that one small clip when she says during the last few days of uh, professor kasturi's life you know she describes how deeply attached he was to swami and how swami responded to that attachment you know when the last few days when he was in pain he was still thinking of swami because swami was playing a little drama he had taken upon somebody's illness and when kasturi heard of it how troubled he was and how desperate he was to go and see swami we i just played that clip we got uh, 
an attack of jaundice in April and he passed away in August. Mm-hmm. Swami was then at uh, Bangalore. Mm-hmm. One Swami, it seems he was not well. Swami was not well in Brindavan. And somebody came and told Swami was not well. He didn't give darshan for three days. He, it seems he took somebody's heart attack or anything, something like that. And he has become very weak and all that. They came and told my father. He immediately wanted to go and see. Because they said Swami has become very thin and he has become very weak. So immediately he had that attachment towards Swami. No? So he yes. said, I must go and see Swami. Somebody is saying that he has become. So you please arrange some taxi and take me to. He was not in a good condition at that time. He was not in a. He had jaundice and the glucose was very low. So he appeared me. You arrange for one taxi, we will go I'll start early in the morning, 5 o'clock and I will just have his darshan and then come back. You please take me, he pleaded. Mm. I said, how can we go? Because you are not my father only. You are presently in property. Tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> if something happens, then the Kutumbara was there. They will ask old me and I don't know what Swami will say. Then he said, if you go and tell, it was in the evening, he said, if you go and tell now Kutumbrao, then he will say, he will call up Swami and then get permission. So you go to Kutumbrao after 10. So I went about 10 o'clock to Kutumbrao and said, I have arranged everything. He is one, he wants to go, he is crying, he was crying almost. Then Kutumbrao told me, you are taking a risk. I said, I have got to take a risk because he is pleading me. Then he asked me if something happens on the way, then it's good because he's going to see the Swami Darshan, he's thinking of Darshan, let it happen. Then Kutumbra said, no, no, it's a risk. Then he and all the Dr. Aldeja both of them came and convinced him that we will ask Swami and get his permission and then he can go. The whole night he was crying, crying, oh, oh. this is my fate, I can't just go and see Swami. <laughs> then he wrote a letter to Swami. For that Swami sent reply. Kasturi, accept my blessings. Don't have any fear. Swami is with you and around you. Be courageous. Think of Him. Give up other thoughts. The body is a water bubble. On its account, do not feel sad. Spend your time in thinking of God. Yours, Baba. Baba. Beautiful. So beautiful. I mean, what when you get to hear this about the love between the Lord and the devotee, you just get lost. Just don't know what else to add or say. I was just thinking, Prem, maybe the best way to conclude would be possibly to read that letter that Swami wrote to Kasturi on the occasion of a new year. And, you know, dear listeners, actually this is an amazing, uh, interesting incident because Swami wanted to send a new year greeting card to Kasturi. And how do you send a greeting card to a person whom you meet at least 10-20 times every who's day? Who's, who's, who's your neighbor? Who's, who's your neighbor? Who's, who's your translator? Who is there in your room? And so Swami makes this card, writes the message, calls the devotee, gives it to him and says, go to Bukapatnam and post it and writes Kasturi's address on it. And so the devotee goes to Bukapatnam and posts New Year card which reaches Kasturi on New Year and he's so thrilled with these beautiful steps that Swami took to make him receive a Happy New Year card. You know, in that New Year card, interestingly, Swami has actually written a prayer which each one of us can, you know, put forth to Swami. Swami is saying, I am sending you this prayer which you can use as your New Year prayer and that's the card. So maybe quickly we'll just read out those words because it's beautiful and it's definitely useful for all of us. Maybe this could be the message which 
we all could hold in our hearts the prayer goes i firmly believe there is none kinder than you to shower grace on me tell me is this not the reason why i am at your lotus feet i firmly believe you will respond quick when i do pray and plead tell me is this not the reason why i am crying aloud for you i firmly believe you are ever beside me to guide my steps aright tell me is this not the reason why i am yours through day and night i firmly believe you can never say no whatever i ask from you tell me is this not the reason why i long for a glance from you what have you designed for me this time why this dire delay to offer boons however long you may make me wait and wail i will not leave i'll be standing still until your loving eyes do turn on me wow what a beautiful lesson on even determination because swami says once you determine to win lord's love either your wish must be granted or you must just collapse from that effort in fact you know in that letter is a postscript swami writes it postscript ah. and he says kasturi begin the new year with the above prayer and the blessings and boons follow in plenty for he writes endowed with long life and sound health surrounded by children grandchildren and friends keep on imbibing joy through bhakti and jnana those were the blessings which ami wrote and it's such a beautiful incident as such whenever i used to think of this when we put it on the website we actually have written this as our thought about this incident you know here is the swami who is actually the neighbor of yours and who sends a letter out to bookapatnam which comes posted and you know lands in your hands on new year's day isn't that what swami has done to all of us you know here is the swami who has actually always lived in our hearts mm. even before we actually knew him as swami and this swami from our hearts comes out manifests in front of us makes us love him and gives us the joy of seeing him in front of us you know the swami who is always with us and always actually part of us he has given us the joy of seeing him and loving him and enjoying the presence of his existence and just like kasturi though was thrilled with the card but never forgot that it is nothing very special because that swami who has sent the card is actually my neighbor let us also you know cherish and realize that it was special that swami came to us in a form but let us not forget that that form that came to us is actually enshrined deep in our hearts so dear listeners with that small thought we're going to leave you and in the next satyam shyam sundaram when we have it we shall continue along with kasturi's arrival to prashantinilayam for the wedding of his daughter padma and then take up the story from 1950 onwards So dear listeners we offer this humble effort of ours at Swami's lotus feet Sai Ram you just heard an episode of our radio series Afternoon Satsang This is a discussion between Radio Sai's Prem and Arvind on different spiritual topics and the topic of today's episode was Satyam Shivam Sundaram The Life Story of Bhagwan Sri Satya Sai Baba This was first featured as part of Radio Sai's Thursday Live at 12:30 p.m. on December 26th 2013 We hope you enjoyed it Your comments and suggestions are very important to us Please mail them to listener@radiosai.org Next week same day same time will be the continuation of today's episode Stay tuned.
Thank you and loving Sairam from Prashant Nilayam.